0: Back with another rap Flap your gum, i come find you anywhere on map Join him out, there's some holes in this house You got flows, you got cloud If you pose, you get knocked out Mike check, one, two, one, two This is a guest in the house podcast I am one of your co-hosts, David Trom Big Shanks
1: And I'm your other co-host, Mickey Hetz
0: Yes, sir Uh Back for another one Um, uh, Before we get started Um, And I'm not sure what we're getting started on today. Um, As I mentioned in pregame, I'm a little uh, scatterbrained today, so I don't know where we're going, but we're going to go. I want to first, uh, obviously, uh, well, it's not obvious because nobody knows until I say what I'm about to say. So it's only obvious to. producer Anthony and you Mickey but um dedicating this show to the memory of Larry Voss Rachel's dad um stand-up guy uh father husband brother uncle grandfather great-grandfather I believe um yeah good dude man so uh we lost him this would be two weeks when you guys hear this recording Um, and so love to Rachel, uh, thanks to you guys for, uh, your love. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for the beautiful bouquet and, um, that's that. Um, so once again, I think this might be, no, not the second one. I think we got a break. I know I said, um, Lady Ganja was personal. And Mm -hmm. so that was the first like personal hit we've been on a string of, you know, in memoriams on our podcast. And, um, lady ganja was the first, like one that was personal, um, and continued rest in peace to her. And so now we got a two for today though. Um, but I wanted to first get that out there. Um, so Larry, if you hear me, um, big respect to you and, uh, appreciate your, um, welcoming me in. And things of that nature. So that's first off. And shouts to Rachel. Absolutely. Um, And then uh, also rest in peace to Young Dolph. Young Dolph. Yep, 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 yep. So here we go again, man. Yeah. Young Dolph was buying cookies. Buying cookies, I believe. They said picking up cookies for his mom at a um, Black Old yeah that he um had just a week ago kind of did like a little promo for on the gram you know showing love and so as you know everyone's playing this like boosy clip of him saying that you know rappers get the most hate in their own city and it's like yeah everybody's getting killed in their own city and it's just you know we talk about the new norms with um the, the pandemic and everything. And it's just um, really disheartening, like what becomes, you know, like a narrative. So now the narrative is like, you're a rapper and you're from your city. And if you're in your city, they're going to kill you.
1: Mm. And it follows you into middle age. Yeah. A lot of times, right? It's not, always super young guys. Getting
0: it's, not that, it's, not, it's not all 19 and 22 year olds. Young Dolph yeah. was 36. That's right. Um, and you would think by 36 you would have put some distance between you and you know, maybe some of your past if you were in the streets or... But it only takes one or two people who decide you know, they feel like doing something on a particular day. There you have it. You know and I'm... Uh, boy. What's troubling me, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm going through some stuff, obviously, like I just said, with, um, Rachel's dad passing and just, you know, just the transition of, you know, just a bunch of stuff's going on. Right. And, um, just, I'm just really, you know, I guess I'm in like a space of like purpose, you know, this, um on a personal level, like, you know what I do for like a a living, living. And so this is like the busiest time of year with that. And And um, holidays on top of that. Correct. And so it's put me in a real space of like, what the hell am I doing with myself? Yeah. (laughs) And, and, And a lot, a lot goes into that in terms of like, just the stuff we crack the mic and talk about just in hip hop and in the culture and in, um, quote unquote, black culture. And, you know, you know, I always talk about my people and, you know, what that means. And just like my, um, my dedication to seeing things, um, be better. And, you know, from like, education to um housing to politics you know we to culture to music to business we've kind of um gave our opinions on um all of those things over the last year and a half or so and you know i mean the name of the podcast is a guest in the house and that speaks to a lot of that as well and so just with my purpose with the music with what's going on um sidebar but not a sidebar because uh, i guess this is all part of what's going on um when this podcast airs it would be two days before the 10th anniversary of um uh, my black champion mm, ep that that's dropped incredible. november 25th 2011 and so even that right like in celebrating like 10 years of the project yeah that's probably my favorite project and also gave me like the song that you know most people would know me for sacks fifth uh, avenue correct yeah and you know just like 10 years first of all was a blur um and just just where I stand, you know what I mean? Like I'm not doing like any music right now. There's like nothing happening creatively. Um if it wasn't for this podcast, I don't know I wouldn't be doing anything creative, which like super super sucks. It's like the most inactive I've been in like since I started rapping. Yeah. Um which sucks and I don't know what the real purpose or cause of it is, um, you know, I guess it's self-inflicted because I kind of just stopped, but I've always been used to being able to stop and start easily. Like it really would just take like playing a beat and sitting for a while and it would just start. But I've tried that like several times over the last year and it just like, there's nothing there. And so, you know, like what seeing stuff happening just, you know, like with young Dolph and with all the other deaths, um, particularly the ones that come from, you know, Mm. violence that we commit on each other Mm. and just like what I personally want to do about that. And it was always easy to say, well, you know, I just express it in music. And so with it being like whatever i'm going through whether it's writer's block or just transitioning out of being an mc altogether i don't know what it is and just trying to figure out like what do i do you know what i mean like and sometimes to be candid like you know we do this podcast and there's times where i want to say something like super specific but I pause on doing that because I'm respectful of my partners and there is something, you know, there is like talking to different groups and you may express yourself differently to different groups. That's a black thing, probably. And we talked about that too, right? Like the, the needing to have to talk a different way in different rooms. Yeah. So
1: Yeah, I mean, believe me. White people do that too,
0: and uh, well, yeah, absolutely. There's home, there's work. There's sure. that well, a type friend of thing. mine,
1: I was just meeting him for lunch yesterday, and he mentioned a job experience where uh, he had one black colleague. The rest of the team, including him, was white, and he said, really, by the by the time he'd been on the job for a week, there had been two instances where that that black coworker left the room. And the bosses said something to the effect of, okay, so now we can really talk. <laughs> <laughs> so and I'm laughing to keep from fucking crying over that, right? I mean, yeah. it's, uh, that's the kind of in-group talk or in-talk that you experience a lot as a white person.
0: Now, do you feel like that's, that's like, is that a fairly new phenomenon with all the PC culture? where? Uh, that's like, no. that's just, it's just a matter of like no. how, how, how far we're going to go with the black guy around here. Yeah.
1: I mean, there's always been like, it's not necessarily that there was a shift, like racism used to be super overt and in your face. And then with the PC shift in the nineties, it's a story you hear a lot of times, everything went more underground and it came to be more coded racism or soft racism instead of somebody just getting in your face and saying, I don't like you because of the color of your skin. But really, I mean, the, the two have always been there. It's just that one rises to the surface and one kind of recedes. Mm. Um, and of course, I mean, you look at right now, people talk about how fragile people are and how, how everything is driven by snowflakes. But I mean, look at all the fucking hate crimes and race-based violence against people. Um, I mean, we haven't, as a culture, gone all soft-hearted and welcoming of everybody. That's just not the reality. There's still violence committed against people all day. So I don't think it's a recent development. Maybe in the corporate world, there's been more emphasis on the covert actions as opposed to the overt actions. But I don't even know if that holds true across the board because I mean, people see they get away with shit all the time as far <laughs> as like not hiring a candidate because they're black no
0: that's very true i mean i've had i've had um instances especially like in the corporate world like interviewing on jobs and things of that nature where i did not get the job and the feedback may have been like you know yeah you know he seems like a great guy you know what i mean and his um resume and everything was up to you know par, but it just didn't seem like a fit, you know? And yeah, I always, the old
1: question I, of fit. And right? I always
0: wondered if I was just allowed to be myself,
1: mm-hmm.
0: would it have been a fit? But is it like the facade that I put on to go into the place to try and get the job? Like that takes away a bit from like who I really am. Yeah. And maybe like I don't do a great enough job or I I know that I don't really do a good enough job at the code switch to be like exactly who I am and be palatable sometimes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And And there's like
1: the code switch itself, which is just, you know, changing your word choice, your diction, the way you speak. And then there's like the outright, I'm going to pretend to be a different person. In this situation that I really am. Correct. And everybody does that to a certain extent. I mean, nobody walks into a job interview and says, you know what? I'm going to act just like I act around my friends when we're drinking. And I'm going to go in. I'm going to talk just like I talk around my friends when they're drinking.
0: Yes, but from my observation, because I've never been white, it's different. Like, oh, it's when it I'm around my different. co-work, when I'm around my coworkers cuz I am I have a situation similar to mm-hmm. what your friend described, right? Um, yeah. And mine is twofold cuz mine is like man and black guy. So it's like I'm like the only guy and I'm the only black person. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that's
1: vastly different. So and than it, what I was describing.
0: Right. And so I'm certain that um are conversations, topics, way of expressing things that we all adjust just because we're in a work setting. And who knows what, what happens when I leave the room? I would hope not, but who knows, right? But there's another thing with me where it's like, and I've gotten a lot better with this over the last two years. The pandemic has helped being in the house has helped in just like, Hey, look, I'm me. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not doing all of that. But when I was going into the office, I was like work, David. And we talked about work, David on this podcast before, you know what I mean? And like work, David is not, it's more than just like, Hey, look, talk, talk different. It's like, I have to hide shit about, you know, it's like, I'm not, I'm not me. And everybody else is like, oh, I did here, I went there, I did this, I did that, I did that. And it just completely just, them on that, in certain, app it's hard to describe. Yeah. But I think I'm not alone. No, I don't think you are
1: at all. And I mean, in a lot of ways, I don't think we're going to solve this anytime soon. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, like, just working in universities, I see that the past two or three years, universities have been pushed by students to become more dedicated about hiring black faculty members in particular and Latinx faculty members. And already, like two, three years into it, it's kind of winding down. Um, there are already administrators at universities who are kind of shrugging it off and saying, "Ah, you know, we hired a couple
0: people. What do you want? It's not, you know, it's not just sustainable. To yeah. force anyone to do anything and, you know what i mean whether yeah. you look at it from like the nfl with the Rooney sure. rule and it's just like i'm gonna hire my boy yeah oh <laughs> back <laughs> like, to good old nepotism i'm gonna i'm gonna hire my boy i'm sure. not nobody or my boy's nephew or like nobody's got time no one's or somebody wants to be forced to anything i don't want to be forced to do anything but, you know what i mean and So that's where we get back to the conversation about the house and you know what I mean? The ownership and, you know, being able to make those calls yourself and not having to like force through government action or whatever people to include you in something, you know, and that's where we get right back to a perfect example. Like, you know, the Bill Cosby's of the world prior to, um, you know, getting caught with the pill stuff, but, you know, he would, you know, he's had these moments where he, you know, he'll go on, um, you know, he'll get, he be in a press conference. Um, Obama had like a similar moment with the, you know, the pants sagging, like, you know, the chastising young black men type of deal. Sure. In public, you know, and, you know, often it's like, yo, man, like, that's not for everybody.
1: Yeah, that's been referred to as airing dirty laundry.
0: Correct. And right. so in that same frame, it's like when things like this happen and there's like a specific message you want to get across for me. And it's like, if I crack this mic and I don't want to say, you know what I mean? Like I've had the moment where it's like, I don't want to say something and shoot, you know, we know mm-hmm. I've said one or two things that are like, Hey guys, hey, do we want to, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that wasn't even me been, trying
1: like, make sure everybody knows that was dave that said that right right
0: and <laughs> so you know like i'm just i just been thinking about all of that like if i crack yeah. this mic and, and really go crazy i'm compromising vicky like you know he's I mean? <laughs> <Like, laughs> gonna. i need like a spinoff show in order to do in order to do that and so it's like what do i do with this um and whatever it is, gift, talent, t- obligation, whatever it is I'm doing here. You know what I mean? Um, so
1: would the question be, you know, should you be having this conversation on the air for listeners with a white guy? Is that what it comes down to? Like this, this should be an in-group conversation and your co-host is not in the group. And maybe that your is, listeners aren't in the group.
0: That is, that is, that is a, that is a, that is a question. That okay. is a question. You know what I mean? It, it, at certain times with certain topics. Sure. And because I can have, we have the conversations. We haven't, it's not been a conversation that I've wanted to have that we haven't had. Sure. It's just how I temper those conversations Yeah. in I order it. to have them in a way that is inclusive because we have an inclusive show. Mm. This is, yeah. It's not like, this is my show and I just got this white boy with me. You know what I'm saying? And it's not like you guys put a show together and you just got a black guy for flavor or, you know, (laughs) and whatever they do. (laughs) So, we you just had to meet a quota,
1: man. Like podcast, you know, they got quotas just like universe. Correct.
0: One third of the <laughs> outfit must be <laughs> 33 and a third must be
1: black. But, uh, <laughs> they refer to that as the third base rule.
0: <laughs> right. You got, so you
1: got two white MCs. You got to have a black DJ. Got to have a black DJ. It's not going it to work. looks it. better.
0: Um, but no, so it's not that at all. It's not like, I can't have it. It's just, it's tough.
1: Mm-hmm. to
0: catch what I'm saying so that I don't say something that either I have to explain mm-hmm. <laughs> or I have to like explain. Yeah, I mean, going back,
1: definitely in African-American literature, there's this this ongoing debate. And again, I don't think it's something that will be resolved anytime soon are you writing for black folks or are you writing as a black person for a white audience? Mm-hmm. And particularly when these writers enter the university, this becomes a big concern or enter like literary establishment. Yeah. You know, who, who exactly do you envision as your audience? Are you trying to like speak about black experiences? So the non-black folks might come to understand them. Yeah. And if you're doing that, do you write it? in your your own language do you write it the way you speak and the way you express yourself or do you have to like fit the mold of what the white literary or academic establishment writes like before you can even begin to speak to a non-black audience
0: correct and what is the line between inclusion
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and compromise yeah the
1: old assimilation question again right correct
0: correct and that so that's kind of the roundabout thing that I was getting to (laughs) in terms of like, it's a different experience. We Mm -hmm. all have code changes in some way, shape or form. You know what I mean? Like we're all, we all were in the house one way and went outside and talked to our friends a completely different way than maybe we talked in the house. Most of us, some of us, some of us just speak exactly the way we speak outside to our parents. That's a different phenomenon that I'm not familiar with, (laughs) but most of us, you know, we experience code switching. But sure. that, that thing there that you just described, um, Dave Chappelle talking about like the moment where he felt like, I don't know if they're laughing with me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because he recognizes that his audience has gotten so big that it includes a lot, not only a lot of white folks, but a lot of folks who hold. A lot of white folks who hold racist views mm. against black folks that if they aren't hearing what he's saying the right way, maybe missing the irony, maybe not missing only that, the hyperbole, but it's he's just,
0: also potentially reinforcing exactly. some of the things that they already believe. Because
1: if you miss the joke, you almost uh, you don't give Chappelle credit for crafting that joke, right? You're just like, man, look at this guy. He's saying the same kind of jokes my uncle tells at the family barbecues. Yeah. My white uncle tells at the family barbecues, right? Yeah. You see? Look.
0: Yeah. Look. Look, Dave Chappelle even said it.
1: Yeah. And then now I have license to say it, or I have yep. license to laugh at it if a white person makes the same kind of joke.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that gets into dangerous territory real quickly, right?
0: It does. It does. Because what what started as let me let me get on here and you know do the righteous thing and mm-hmm. relay a message in the way that I need to relay it to who it's intended for, and then, yeah, it could easily become anything you know um we talked about um. We had this conversation, I remember one episode when the J Electronica, like Peter Rosenberg thing was going on. Oh, okay, yeah. The synagogue of Satan stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, we had that conversation. It's like, well, okay, who's that message intended for? And if someone is offended, but it's offense by misinterpretation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what is the responsibility of the offender.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it reminds me of a conversation at work just a couple of weeks ago. Um, very vaguely. I'll keep it in very vague terms.
0: Yes, sir. Don't get in trouble.
1: Sure. Um, a student had complained about the use of the, the most the word in the English language that has had the most heat on it over the past several decades, to the point that there are at least two full-length books about the history of this word in legal settings, court cases, etc. And it's the N-word, of course. (laughs) Um, And as we began to talk about, okay, you know, if we're teaching, say, a poem by Amiri Baraka, that word is in it. Do we give students a head up, heads up that says, OK, so when you refer to the poem, you know, please don't anybody say this word. Um, you know, no matter who you are, where you come from, what color your skin is, we just don't want to say this word in class. We'll just read it. We'll know it's there. But when we refer to it, we'll just say the N word. Um, <laughs> very quickly, a black professor said, oh, no, I hope it wasn't me. I hope it wasn't me who said it and offended someone. And, you know, she was completely serious about it. Like worried that maybe she had said it in class and offended a student. Mm. Which I, I think, you know, it turned out it was not the case. And uh, it,
0: it was you. Unlikely. <laughs> oh, it wasn't me. It was not me.
1: <laughs> um, but, I mean, that's obviously like a very pressure laden in-group or out-group consideration, right?
0: Yeah. Um, and it, not and only
1: can the can the professor at the front of the room say the word, but should they allow anyone in the room to say it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That and that that is a that is a great microcosm for the dilemma not only of that word, but of our experience in this country and in this society because there's no hesitation really right and mm-hmm. and even that because guess what black people are triggered by the word as well even when black people are saying it. exactly so and she, so but she the assumption would be if i was the professor of an all-black class i would just read the i would just read it i wouldn't even think twice probably yeah because it would be like hey look the context boom, boom, boom. you know what i mean sure i may think twice if I was in a diverse class, and I would probably give a disclaimer, Mm. or I wouldn't say it at all. Or let's say we were taking turns reading, and it was like, "Hey, you can't say the word." Though when we get to that part, like, and then when does it become like, well, if it's literature, right? Like, if it's Huckleberry Finn, and like.
1: There's an addition, I think I've mentioned on the pod before, that, that somebody was that, went through and changed all Correct. Of, every instant of that word to the word <laughs> slave.
0: Correct. And I, that, like we talked about at that time, that comes with its own <laughs> sidebar. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw the um, Drink Champs interview with Kanye. No. And he talked about the word rapper. Hmm, really? Meaning- nigger to him hmm. at this point in time. And so when you said it was changed to slave because those two are hand in hand. And now I think Kanye's saying rapper, so it's like rapper slave, nigga, like mm. and, <laughs> and that's kind deep. of the
1: history of words, right? You, yeah. You deep. outlaw it, one, it gets replaced. And that
0: good. and that's 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 kind of where I stand on stuff. And maybe that has something to mm. do with like me being someone who's used words. Yeah. Um, it's like, listen, you know what I mean? Like y- y- it don't matter what word you use. Like <laughs> you are who you are. Like it, it, like I don't, it, you saying rapper mm. to me or hip hop artist to me or urban to me or slave hit or any, like, I know what you, I know what you're getting at and i know what's behind the word. Uh-huh. So i don't care what word you use. i was, you know what i mean? Like you could call me a rapper and i i get just as offended. Sure. If it's the right person saying it with the right connotation, like it you know or the it, wrong person with the wrong connotation. Exactly. <laughs> 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 i meant right right to get slapped. But <laughs> you know what i mean? Like it
1: so it's a name you can call somebody without using the word, right? You can Correct. Put, you can put it right on them. It stings just as bad. Correct.
0: And, yeah. we, and we play these games. And it's funny. Uh, we, I was talking to Rachel uh, the other day about, like, we were talking about, like, African-American. Mm-hmm. And how sometimes it feels, like, disingenuous when certain people say it. Mm -hmm. It feels like what you're talking about in terms of like, when I'm not in the room, you guys all say black people, like don't say (laughs) African-American because you think that that like, well, the African race, like you say black, just say black. It's okay. You know, I'll tell you a white people
1: conversation. I've heard so many groups of white people sit together and lament the fact that I just don't know what to call them. I just don't
0: know what they want to be called yeah, and that's that's that that has a lot to do with us i'm not mad at I'm not mad at that <laughs> I'm not mad at that because it's we don't know what we want to be called
1: well, you, you know, black people are not a monolith any more well, than white people are well,
0: the problem is we didn't make the shit up. <laughs> Fair you enough. guys made it up, and now Fair we've enough. been trying to figure out what's the most appropriate thing to be called.
1: You got to land somewhere
0: huh? we're 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 human, we're people, sure D- you know, you know, you, know <laughs> you know evidence shows we're the first of those of such Is of that such right? things <laughs> so we Is went, that and right? all the way up uh-huh. to a certain part in time, everyone was just who they were exactly. You the know, labels
1: hadn't been invented yet. They
0: weren't they weren't invented yet. And so now it's like, well, I don't know I don't know what we want to be called. You the guy you're the ones who said we were black or or that y'all were white. I don't know which one came first. I'm thinking that you, <laughs> I'm thinking you guys said well, we're white. <laughs> and they're not. I don't know. Uh,
1: I even heard somebody complain recently, another writer, about the fact that New York Times now capitalizes the word black when referring to race, but they don't capitalize the word white.
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) And I was thinking, like, come on, man. Um, (laughs) Who
0: makes that decision, though?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I've certainly heard calls from black scholars and black writers to capitalize
0: black. But you see, that's the that's 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 the thing, bro. Mm. That's the thing. That we talk about all the time when we talk about white as default. So now we, exactly. go, we have to categorize black mm-hmm. and capitalize it like it's um, north, Gives south, east, power, and west, right? or some yeah. shit. Like it's some, like it's like the black people. You know what I mean? But every but white just hey, that's just that's just that just is. Oh, see, I think. I
1: think the person who said this was thinking more like, well, if they get to capitalize, then I want to
0: capitalize. <laughs> See, it goes it goes, it both, goes ways. both ways. It cool. Really does. What, you know what I mean? And that's why uh, it's fucking silly. It really is. <laughs> that's it really why it's is. silly. Because it's like for everything, for any way you're gonna come up with it, I'm gonna come up with another way to look at it. Sure. Because it's made up. And obviously, when they made it up, it was just so that they could enslave people. They didn't think about it 200, 400, 500, 600 years down the line and and how confused we'd be. They just wanted to separate these people from these people so that they could do something to those people.
1: Yeah. Imagine if if the consideration wasn't that, you know, I don't know what to call other people, but I don't really know what to refer to myself as. Right. Isn't that a much bigger problem?
0: Yeah, yeah. And the and the joy of that is, the joy of the default or the privilege, you know, that word again, right? Sure. Is that you guys don't even have to worry about it. Sure. I had an interesting argument with a buddy of mine a few years back. You know this buddy, so you'll know why I was arguing. And um, I feel like it was over something I said. Maybe on the podcast. I can't remember. Ooh, okay. But I was probably in one of my spaces and we were talking about um white supremacy or something like that. Mm. And you know, that word like assumes that there's, you know, black inferiority. That term as a whole white supremacy. Right. 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 It could infer that because if there's white sure. supremacy then there's you know what i mean oh What's i think it absolutely that, infers, right yeah, yeah exactly and so um it's like well i don't like that word i don't think like i'm superior to anyone and i don't know why you know we were having like that conversation mm. and i don't think that exists and da, 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 da. i'm like well it doesn't exist because white people aren't supreme mm. <laughs> or superior but as an ideology as an ideology it absolutely exists and the interesting thing to me is that you even get to be offended because you're italian and you weren't white 50 years ago (laughs) Uh, yeah and that's it in a nutshell
1: yeah Yeah, you know, I saw a speech, a transcription of a speech that Teddy Roosevelt gave in the 30s about how the U.S. doesn't want hyphenated Americans. It doesn't want Italian Americans, Irish Americans. It just wants Americans. Right. And, of course, at that point, he didn't even include African Americans.
0: Exactly.
1: But, you know, I've seen a lot of black scholars and speakers and thinkers comment on that too that hyphen it separates you it makes you something less than american you're you're like a type of american mm-hmm. you're not fully american right mhm
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i think there's some truth to that i mean the psychology of language has so much going on yeah yeah and you, yeah. th- you can say like I agree with you in a lot of sense. Like it's just words, and like I said a minute ago, man, you ban one. Oh, it's word, not just words.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but it's just words. But it's not just words for sure. But words dictate the way we think. Like they're, they're the framework we think in. They right? can be weapons. They can be. They can be made. You know. They yeah. can. It's like water, man. They can be mm-hmm. used for anything. Um, but I, I um, yeah, and so. we get into those narratives and I absolutely agree. And it's, it's, it's a real mind fuck, bro. It really (laughs) is. You know what I mean? Because I know there are those individuals and many of them are ridiculed, um, for feeling like, Hey man, I'm American. Mm -hmm. I'm not, Black American, I'm not African American, I'm American. And we may say, yo, man, like race first, like you, like you're black. You got to understand what that means mm-hmm. in this country. And it's like that person will feel like, no, that's the trick. I'm just American. I'm not falling into that black shit. Hmm. And, yeah,
1: until you face a jury or something. And the
0: problem is, well, while he, no one's wrong, he's not wrong. He's just probably, I don't know if it'll ever be this way, but if, you know what I mean? 100 years, he's putting the cart before the horse. Like, mm-hmm. we're not there yet. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I have friends that are cops. Um I have uh you in my life and Anthony in my life. And, you know what I mean? European Americans if that is a thing. They don't hyphenate me. Um <laughs> Exactly, right? Yeah. That I love. You know, I'm, I'm, there's always going to be like as a forty-four-year-old man, uh, like uh, you know, I'm leery of white people. I I always will be. Yeah, I get as an individual understand that. As an individual, I'm going to deal with you as an individual. So oh. I love who I love. So that's where um I have white friends comes in, right? <laughs> <I have white> <laughs> <friends>. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> but. You know what I mean, and if I'm yep. talking to another, you know, person with my similar experience, and I say like, "Hey, look, man, you know, you, 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 hey, you side item, side item, white folks, you, you never know," they'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you'd probably know what I'm talking about. A lot of white folks would feel offended by that. What do you mean? Yeah, it's reverse racism or something like that, right? So I'm just saying, like, there's an obvious, obvious history that until we resolve we can't just be one thing of course we didn't create it we didn't cause it we're just trying to find figure out how to fit in the midst of all of it Mm. while at many times and on many different fronts being told it doesn't exist. Mm. What are you talking about? There's only one America. That's what they there's only one America. What are you talking about? Sure.
1: Yeah, that's that's back to colorblind thinking, right? Yep. And I always think cool. like if you if you talk to one of these folks who subscribe to that kind of thinking and you say, "Okay, man, you're about to go up in front of this judge. You're about to speak to this police officer. You get to self-identify. You get to tell him, "I'm white, I'm black," Um, Latinx, um, and he has to believe it, he has to accept what you say. What are you gonna tell him?
0: (laughs) I don't see color,
1: yeah. You get to pick what you are, you got to pick, and he'll have to treat you that way. Which one are you gonna go with?
0: Mm. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's deep.
1: It's not that colorblind, right? Nope. I mean, if you nope. want to believe in your own head that you don't see color, and you're you conscious,
0: and you're conscious of the choice you would make, we're oh. all conscious of the choice we would make. Absolutely, I know the choice I would make. Shit, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I. So it, it's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. It's a lot, and I don't know. You know. I, <sighs> That just, for some reason, you know, well, not for some reason, for obvious reasons, because we didn't even, like, address, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse. But even a situation like that, not outraged, because I'm not surprised. Mm. When I seen the kid cry, I was like, oh, he's getting off. Sure. (laughs)
1: white tears are pretty powerful
0: but what's amazing to me is little Wayne and I understand New York is a whole different animal so there's no comparison there but man I've never been in trouble a day in my life or at least have never been caught for being in trouble a day in my life. I've spent a few hours handcuffed to a bench in um, your part of town. I remember that. yeah. um, For a warrant. Mm -hmm. If I go home and get caught with a gun, they might let me live now because it's COVID, but you know, Mandatory, doing at least two years. Mandatory. Oh yeah. Just possession. Just just having it. Mm-hmm. This kid, he gets to carry an assault rifle. Yep. And just get, that got thrown out even before they found him not guilty. They just threw out. Oh yeah, they
1: couldn't even gun? consider the possession.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Where do we live, man?
1: I mean, it, it, the worst answer and the best answer is the same place we've always lived.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I don't, you know what I mean? It, it, I know that people don't understand. They may be listening to us right now and they may be thinking, what the hell does young Dolph. <laughs> Cow written house, um, labels for ethnic and racial groups, the N word. Like, what do all of these things have to do with each other? And why are they going around in circles talking about all of this? But trust and believe <laughs> that if you take some time and just Weave through all of it. It is all a part of what you just said, you know, what we are as a country and what we've always been as a country. And if we're not, there's no sincere effort to deal with that. Whatever they're talking about, whatever they're trying to implement in the school, whatever they're trying to, it's all bullshit. No one's really trying to deal. The people who are trying to deal are dismissed, ignored, whatever, called crazy.
1: And the stuff that's being banned from schools is so minimal. You know like they're they're banning a children's book by Ruby Bridges
0: as if it's that inflammatory this stuff is the f- not not so much and you know we've we've been on top of this before it really got crazy they're really going to use this to flip. Senate like they're really going oh absolutely they're really going to win
1: that's the goal
0: yeah and it's not it's I don't know and I'll ask you this do you think it says more about the people and their um I don't know, pensions for hate, like how easily they can be galvanized on something like this. Do you think it says more about how clever the Republicans are that they can continuously find these trigger things to flip their, to galvanize their base? Do you think it says more about how unprepared the Democrats are for what seems to be everything? (laughs) <laughs> so one version
1: of the story is that people get indoctrinated when they go to college. Yeah. So I think the more realistic version of the story is people actually get some freedom to read actual history, um, you know, even without a spin on it. You know, just say, this happened. Did you know this happened? Did you know th- about the Fugitive Slave Act? Did you know about the Three-Fifths Compromise? Did you know about Ruby Bridges? Right. It's not necessarily indoctrination to right. just find out historical events and people who are on the books. Right. Um, a broad swath of that voting base remains pretty uneducated.
0: Yeah. It would and appear and so. dedicated
1: to making sure their kids don't get educated.
0: Be, well, yeah educated in what? Anything. Hit <laughs> yeah. I mean? hit here, here but here, here's and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't mm. know if you follow um, the governor race in
1: Virginia at all. A little bit. Yeah, I know I know the critical race theory stuff around. That became a thing. Sure. The guy says he won based on that.
0: Yeah. Yunkin, yeah. And it, it it appears it appears so. Oh yeah. Uh, but In that was, um, I can't, I don't know if it was a debate or somehow the, um, I can't remember the guy's name. He had, he he was a former, he was the former governor. He was, he was running again, right? Yeah. The Democrat. In the midst of this debate over schools and critical race theory, and he made the error of saying something to the effect, I'm totally paraphrasing, let the school experts decide what should be taught in schools. Yeah. Which then was able to be manipulated into they don't want the parents involved in the education <laughs> of their children. Sure. And that's the type of like dumb shit that Democrats keep doing because there is truth to. The elitists, we know what's best for you, just put us in office Mm. and we'll make it work. Shut up and don't ask any questions kind of mentality that some of your mainstream Democrats have. Mm. They're... The Republicans, if you say they're manipulating an uneducated and poor base based on racial pride, certainly. Who are the Democrats galvanizing? No one. Yeah, not enough at least, right? And it's becoming that they're using this like you're, you're these educated well-to-do liberal people yeah. who want to make everything rainbow and <laughs> mm. you, you know what I mean and you're taking the country away from us so it becomes even more than a black oh, and true. white thing true. it becomes this like stick it to these these elite, rich entitled elitists assholes who want to tell you what to do with your kids but realistically like if if you replace that word elites with
1: expert to say okay you got your own views you know how the fuck you do things but you need your transmission fixed and you hear this guy at his transmission shop maybe he doesn't agree with the way you think transmissions ought to be fixed um are you gonna let the expert fix it or are you going to just sit there at the broken car and say like, man, you know, I don't like how that guy fixes fucking transmissions. You know, I don't know how to do it, but by God, he's not fixing it. I mean, apply that to teachers, curriculum experts, right? I mean, there's such a, an anti-intellectualism, such a pushback against any kind of expertise or any kind of credentials. I mean, studying doesn't make you elite i more than agree more than agree but it's a false premise that people really fucking buy into because it's it's much easier than sitting down and studying right true and it's also
0: not being articulated quite in the way that you're articulating it because if you tell me stay out of the education of my child i'm gonna tell you fuck no exactly Right. (laughs) So that's just the bottom line. Like, but if you're telling me, listen, we're going to have a real conversation about the history of this country Mm -hmm. and why it's now you can ignore me, but facts are facts. Yeah. Now, because we're not having those, the real conversations, these things are allowed to then become the boogeyman. Oh, exactly. And And because because critical powers. race theory is such a such a you could be smart and not exactly understand critical you race theory.
1: You could easily have earned a PhD <laughs> in the past four or five years, never read a single piece of critical race theory unless you were in a very particular type of law school program.
0: And that's what makes it so perfect because it can't be explained in 140 characters. No.
1: So it's easy to point to something you don't understand and create these straw man arguments, make it scary, um, mischaracterize it on purpose.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really smart tactic. And if your only defense against that is to point out how dumb white people are, you're not going to win. No. <laughs> so all the jokes and all the liberal like media and the jokes and the pointing at them and showing them look look at this guy in Tennessee who doesn't understand what critical race theory is but he yeah. wants to ban it. Yeah. That all that does is galvanize them even more. It doesn't oh, make them it doesn't shame them. Well, it's you're rubbing
1: someone's nose in it, right? It's not going to work. Yeah, I mean I even think about like the parent. I think you even sent me this. A parent of a high school senior said that he had nightmares after reading a Toni Morrison novel with some yeah. really graphic depictions of slavery. Yeah. Hey man, this shit would give me nightmares too. Yeah, hey, um, imagine <laughs>
0: imagine the nightmares we've
1: had over generations. Exactly.
0: We that's in our DNA. But it, the tra- is it ha- trauma's <laughs> in
1: our blood. Oh yeah, I mean any generational trauma for <laughs>
0: exactly. sure. Exactly. But
1: even aside like like who this kid is, if he's white, black. Is it that Tony Morrison as a black author traumatized this poor high school senior? Mm. Um is it the realities of slavery um that he hadn't seen such a graphic depiction Correct. Uh, of what slavery in the U.S. was like. Well, well until not when 18.
0: his when his when his third grade um, or second grade children's book probably had the happy slaves in George yeah. Washington's house baking pies. That's what they're telling you. Yeah. That's what that's what's in the books.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'm sorry that he had nightmares. I mean, my daughter at 11 read some stuff in a class, an English class that had some animal cruelty in it, and it really bothered her. I mean, she'll still bring it up like a year later. Like, I wish I hadn't read that. I don't know why he assigned that. But, you know... If you're going to talk about the history of slavery and you want to sugarcoat it, not just for kindergarten and first grade and second grade, but you want to just either sugarcoat it or sweep past it all the way through senior year, either the students are never going to learn it, or they're going to learn it next year in college, or, you know, there are several movies that very graphically depict the violence of slavery. They win Oscars. Um, He's going to see the shit. Yeah, and he may be like a highly sensitive dude. It may give him nightmares whenever it happens. But the fact is, he needs to understand that this went on.
0: I mean to put a to put a pin on it. Yeah. From black or white in terms of history, if we're not learning it, um, to put it in context and to also um, do a deep dive on how it manifests today it's useless anyway so i don't really need white people to read a bunch of slave narratives and how terrible it was because the question always becomes then well the easy get out is like well i didn't do that yeah so so if we're not gonna learn why and how and the wealth that was generated and how America was really built and what that means today and why whatever tropes and whatever thoughts or visuals you may have of Black people today Mm -hmm. and what that has to do with then, then it's useless anyway.
1: Absolutely. So you got to be able to tell people what to do with it. And and parents complain constantly if you read some of all all this talk about Banning critical race theory, they say it makes their kids feel bad. Yeah. So, what do you do? You know, you see, wow, that's some messed up stuff went on in my country's history. I didn't know it was to the extent that I was just shown. I mean, a teacher's job would be to say, okay, what's the next step? You know, what do you do with that feeling of discomfort, that feeling of shame, that feeling of embarrassment, even though it wasn't you individually? What do you do with
0: that? Where do you look next? What do you read next? but is that happening or are they just forcing this you know my fear is like what you said in terms of experts and those who um create curriculum and like are those the people we want doing it
1: yeah very often it's not because this is a very recent curricular development right yeah. well maybe we will leave it at that for this episode sure thing But I think we'll pick up on these topics again and again because they're certainly not going away out there in the world. Clearly not. So can't solve for you today, listeners. (laughs) I know you came here for a solution to racism and the way that people think about each other, and the way people think about themselves. But we can't really bring it down to a thesis statement for you today.
0: No, but other than, you know start with yourself go within figure out what the hell's going on with you are you biased what are your biases why where did it come from what can be done about them what do you need to learn more about
1: that's the very most important question what you need to learn more about
0: starting with you and maybe if we all were responsible for just us things might start looking different I don't know yeah. but um oh man this was good this was therapeutic buddy appreciate good it good one yeah alright yeah. well
1: signing off for this episode Mickey Hess,
0: David Shanks and we'll see you for the next one for the next one uh happy anniversary black champion ooh ten years yes sir oh!